most of my marketing happens through Airbnb itself or mm-hmm. if I'm booked on VRBO or any other like short-term rental platform. <laughs> Welcome to the Michigan Real Estate Investor Network podcast, hashtag the network. This is episode seven, brought to you by Manzo Appraisals. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Michigan Real Estate Investor Network. My name is Blair Clark, and I am here with... I'm Bree Beats. I'm T.O. Bogdan. Frank Alcini. Hi, everybody. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Good, good. We all met up with Frank this morning and we had an awesome breakfast at the pantry in Washington. So we're really, really full and lethargic and sluggish, but we're going to talk about some upbeat stuff today. So what I thought it would be cool to talk about today is marketing strategies because we're all kind of in a different area in what it is that we're doing a little bit. Tio and I kind of have the same-ish sort of thing going on, except he is ahead of me. Um, so many different ways. Um, but So I want to hear what he's got going on. I want to hear from Frank, how he markets himself as an investor-focused CPA. And then from uh, Bree, I want to hear for, about Airbnb from you. All right. So Tio, if you don't mind uh, kicking us off, um, if you want to, I know you were on one of the first podcasts and then you were gallivanting across the planet. Um, being, being a digital nomad in Germany. And um, so while you were in Germany, what were you able to do? Like, I want to know how you were able to complete your marketing um, like remotely from a, a different spot in the planet. Okay. Um, well, pretty much I just did what I did here, right? I mean, everything's over the internet that I do. So you don't really need, uh, you don't need to be here to do anything to pretty much build your lists and, um, schedule the delivery of your mail pieces. And, uh, the biggest thing that I did was before I used to send out like a bulk mailing every month kind of. And I realized that you just get bombarded with all these calls, all these text messages, all this. You send mail and then people call you. Yes. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. Okay. We're gonna, I'm going to take notes afterward. What are you <laughs> saying? Get these people to call you. It's just a postcard, like a simple I postcard. I want to buy your house, bro. Pretty much. Okay. That's it, yeah. Um, yeah, it just says I buy houses, and it's it's really simple. It pretty much just just that, you know. Just uh, I've actually come up with different ones than all the, the generic ones because mm-hmm. um, I feel like everyone just gets so many postcards that they're kind of like immune to it. Um, so I've tried to make mine kind of funny. Um, so that way it kind of like intrigues people. So I don't know if it's working very well or not, but no, it must be if people are calling you because I send direct mailers and I, I think I have like three out of probably a hundred, you know, let's say 3% have actually like reached out to me. I'm, I'm sending mine and then calling everybody. So that's awesome that you're doing that. Yeah. Humor definitely works. That's cool. So you are doing postcards. Yep. Postcards. Um, I used to do letters when I first started mm-hmm. and doing the writing and all that stuff. And I mean, I got a really good, uh, good deal off of it and it, it got a lot of calls off of it and I'm still kind of working some of those 
deals from, you know, back when I did letters. Um, but it's just, it takes so much time. And the way I look at it is if someone's trying to sell, they're going to sell to me if it's a letter or a postcard or whatever it is. If it's their time mm-hmm. to sell, they're, they're, you know, they're going to sell. So I don't think it really matters if it's a letter or postcard or something. Okay. How fancy it is. So you, you use a, a service, I'm yeah. guessing. So yep. you like pre-order your postcards. And so um, I don't know if you care to share the, the name of the company that you use or not, whatever, that's up yeah. to you. But um, so just like describe, you know, for the person that has never done an online marketing campaign before, you know, whether you want to give the name of the company or not, just how would you, how would you even set that up? Okay. You can even call it like, you know, generic company X.com. No, I, or I can share. Uh, okay. Um, so I, I, the first thing is obviously having a, a list mm-hmm. and uh, a good list, but you pretty much build it into a good list the more you mail, right? Yep. And uh, um, I got my list. I'm, I'm a realtor, so I can get, you know, I can use the MLS, generate some lists. I can use list source. There's all sorts of different ways you can get a list and mm-hmm. probably get into that another time. Um, but what I use, I've been using uh, RE. REI Simply or something it's called. I found it on Bigger Pockets. Okay. And uh, they're probably not the best and not the cheapest service, but I just started using them just to get the ball rolling. Just so I wasn't sitting there like, okay, what am I using this for? What, you know, just. Yeah. Sometimes just, you just have to execute. Just execute, yeah. right? Even if it's more expensive or whatever it is. So, um, yeah. So I use them and I pretty much do like one to 2,000 a week. And I set it up where um, I have eight different lists mm-hmm. and I mail those lists every week. And then after I go through two months, then I redo it. Yep. And, you know, every once I mail it, I filter it through with I take off the people that responded to me, the people that said take me off. And that's kind of just mm-hmm. how I keep improving my list and making it better. Yeah, because you've commented a couple of times how you scrub your list, yeah. which literally just means you go through and you you clean it up. Um, so is that something that you do personally? You sit down and you do that, or, or I know that you've hired like a virtual assistant to do certain things. Um, what do you what do you do hands on, and then what do you um, outsource? Okay, so if I need a list, if I just got a list with like a address, um, that's what I sent to a VA, and they pretty much pulled the owner name, owner address, all that stuff. Um, most of the leads that I've been getting have pretty much been coming with um, all that information. So it doesn't need to be further scrubbed. Mm-hmm. Um, the mail house uh, takes all the addresses and they, um, they actually scrub the list for you. So they pretty much check to make sure that those people still live at the place. And it's like through the USPS or sure. they do it somehow. I don't know how they do it, but. Um, but, and then I, I haven't found a good way to actually like maintain my list. So it's still like an Excel sheet and I kind of go through and delete and add people off that list. And then I like reupload it. Mm-hmm. So I, I need to figure out a better way to automate that. So it can be hands off and I don't have to do it all the time. Cause it sucks doing it all the time. I try to do like yeah. a month at a time. Like, okay, at the beginning of the month, I know these four lists on the mail and then I send those to the mail house. But from month or you know you never know like people call you back from like two months ago you know so sometimes it's like okay you got to pull this list off pull this person off or you know stuff like that so Mm -hmm. um i'm still working on finding a better way to manage the list because just managing them once you're doing a lot of mailing it's you 
just that's a chore in itself, you know? So, yeah, I know. Right on. Every time I feel like I've got a great way of like system, systematizing things, streamlining the process, like, no, every, every time it just, it kind of sucks the same in a, in a different way than mm-hmm. the last one did. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it, marketing is a bear. If you, if you insist on having your hands, um, in it in any sort of capacity, it's just kind of a bear. And, uh, I just know like for my own self at this stage, just being a few years into it, like I still really need to have my hands in it in a certain capacity because like, you know, I'm an expert of nothing at this point. So there's a lot that I need to learn. Um, so yeah, I wanted to ask you that because I just wanted to show that like, um, you can still tackle marketing, even if you are with a company that requires you to travel, you know, so just, we were just, just kidding with Tio. Like he's not gallivanting around the world. It was actually for work that you were over there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you can still, you can still have your side hustle like in Macomb and Oakland County, Wayne County, wherever the tri-county area from a different part of the world, you can yeah. do pretty much whatever, um, because there are different systems out there that you can tap into. Yep, and that's really cool. That's really cool that you didn't have to just like hit the pause button and go elsewhere. Yeah. You could you could keep on going. Plus with, with cell phones nowadays, you know, they, they call your number. They don't know that you're in another country, right? Yeah. It's other than if they call it a weird time. Cause you know, there's a six or seven hour time difference, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like, sometimes it does ring weird. So they might be like, Hey, why is this ringing weird? But other than that, you know, no one can tell that you're <laughs> in a different German country. operator on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right on. Um, so Brie, with your marketing strategy, you, you do things a little bit differently. So we're more focused. We were talking at breakfast, like how we're more focused on, uh, local marketing because we're trying to invest here in your local market. And you were saying like, no, I'm not going to market locally. Why would I? I'm bringing people who are coming in travelers who are coming in, um, for your Airbnb. So if you want to just give like a, you know, just a quick, quick recap for people that are watching that might not have seen you before, like, what are you doing with Airbnb? And then how do you structure your marketing for that? Yeah, so um, I have a couple of different avenues that I use for Airbnb. Um, one of them is rental arbitrage. So I rent from a homeowner, like Tio. I've got one of his places. Um, That's cool. I go in and furnish the place, and then I rent it out on Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also manage some of them for other investors who um, they, they want to take the full profit. They don't just want to make rent. And so I'll just take a percentage of the profit, but I run everything for them. So they're paying for the home. They're paying for the furniture. Um, and so because of that, most of my marketing happens through Airbnb itself or mm-hmm. if I'm booked on VRBO or any other like short-term rental platform. Uh, yeah, we use VRBO every summer. We book a lake house somewhere in northern Michigan on a lake and we always use VRBO for that. Yeah. That's that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So in there, it's really like I'm looking more at like I think what people traditionally think of as marketing as like gimmicks and like trying to catch people's eyes so like Mm -hmm. I have a title that someone will see like a a main picture of my property along with a hundred others and there will be a title with it so I try to like focus on the title and I may put like military discount or um you know if I don't want to do a discount I could say like super close to Woodward Dream Cruise if you know my house is right there off Woodward Avenue and that's coming up Mm -hmm. so um 
most of my marketing happens within the platform mm -hmm. and then outside of the platform for me it's really just networking i try to like really network with other people who are involved in airbnb other real estate investors so i can find the homes to rent them so i don't do very much marketing there's really no cost associated with my marketing so what i do like you mm -hmm. said is just a little bit different right you're not going to be sending random mailers yeah. <laughs> right. You've got to go on platforms where people are going to that platform, searching out what you've got. Yeah, That's exactly. Cool. And some hosts do market in their areas. They may like hook up with local businesses and try to get them to promote and, and get people to stay. Because there are instances where even locals will need a place to stay. Um, in our area, I am not one of the hosts that wants local guests to stay. Right. So I actually really want those out-of-staters. Um, the people that come from other countries are my favorite. They're super nice. Mm -hmm. So I really stay away from any of that local marketing. Yeah, because you had explained before that the local folk, are, it's more like um, if you live in an area, why would you rent a hotel room in that same area yeah. I don't want would, your shenanigans right in my house. right so if you can just associate whatever shenanigans would be from renting a hotel in your local area kind of the same thing applies right yes. on yes um so I think like one of the best explanations for what is Airbnb arbitrage was when um the attorney David Sobel explained it as what Travelocity does they come in and they rent up like a block or a few floors of hotel rooms um and then they just rent it out on top of that so obviously they're getting it at a certain rate and then they're guaranteed that it'll be rented out um and then they're taking whatever percentage over that so was that yep. kind of like a, a good explanation that he gave yeah that's exactly so i rent the home for a thousand or two thousand dollars a mm -hmm. month and then i furnish it and put it on airbnb and i bring in four or five thousand dollars a month and so obviously i pay my rent and my utilities and the leftover goes to me so the homeowner is not entitled to anything other than the standard rent that mm -hmm. i pay as a standard tenant and so the rest is mine. Yeah. So on paper, it's kind of like wholesaling. Like when you first hear about wholesaling, you're like, oh, I want to do that because you're just, you know, you don't have to like actually close on a home. Um, so it sounds so easy to just lease a house and then rent it on Airbnb. But why is it not as glamorous or, or like <laughs> streamlined as that? Well, there's always things that come up. Um, mm -hmm. There's issues when you don't own the home. So, like, you know, standard things that might go wrong in the home. Like, oh, by the way, the sink is leaking and the whole pipe is rusted out. Like, some of my homeowners are like, well, I technically have 30 days to fix that. So I'm going to take all 30 days. And I'm like, well, my guest is going to be here in three hours. And mm -hmm. I don't have 30 days. I can't tell my guest, by the way, like, this bathroom you booked and thought you had, you <coughs> don't actually have. So those are some of the issues we run into. And then it's so hard to please everyone. It's Airbnb is a customer service business and there's no way around it. It's never going to be fully passive. Mm -hmm. And so you just get people who have these ridiculous expectations or for lack of a better word, they whine about the most absolutely ridiculous things. And so it, it's just something that it's part of the business and you have to, to deal with it. Yeah, it seems like the benefit would be you don't actually have to have the capital to close on the home to invest in as an Airbnb, but the, the pitfall would be you're like at the mercy of the homeowner, but you're still held to the same standard. Like you're exactly. rated the same. Exactly, right which is why like having an investor as a landlord, I tell everyone when you're looking for a place to rent, find an investor who has multiple properties and understands what you're trying to do because they're going to be so much better. Like my place that I've got with Tio and I always bring up Tio's place, but it really is the best. Cause I'm like, Hey, this, the sink pipe thing was actually like at Tio's and he was like, yeah, I'll be over tomorrow to fix it. 
I yeah. had a similar issue at another one. And she was like, I'll call the plumber Monday and I'll see if we can get him out next month. And I was like, um, okay. So like $300 later, I had to pay to have a plumber come in and fix it because mm-hmm. I couldn't just let it happen. Mm-hmm. So there are ways to kind of mitigate some of those issues, but it's never going to be perfect. Yeah. So if you could just do your arbitrage with everybody through through the network. Okay. So if everybody... If everybody here in the group can just get a house for Brie, then yeah. she'll be all set. My husband won't buy me any more houses. So if you guys will just buy me houses. <laughs> You're cut off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like shoe shopping. No it's more. exactly like that, except a little bit more expensive. Tad, right. Yeah. So so when you market to find people to actually stay in your house, you're going to the platforms that people are going to be going to. Um, but when you do your marketing to try to find the actual deal that you can make, how do you do that? How do you find like the TOs out there? Networking. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, I started out like I had a real estate agent. I was looking at the houses. It was like, okay, I think this house could work. So then I had like kind of a marketing packet of why they should pick me as a, as a renter and what I could offer. And so I was trying to give them that and market myself and it worked and I got, I got a few no's, but I got some yeses. And then I found that those weren't the ideal homeowners that I wanted. So now I don't bother with that at all. I wait for a TO or a Jeff ship, or I wouldn't rent one of Dylan's properties, but I'm just kidding. I wait for someone who has a property and then I, red flags all over that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But what's really nice is like, these are people that I have a relationship with. They know me. I know them. They know that it's, you know, it's my business. I'm not going to skip out. So I don't have to sell myself as much as I would to a stranger. Yeah. And on the flip side, I know through the grapevine too, I, I know what kind of a landlord they are. So, you know, I can say like, oh, I hear Dylan is just a terrible landlord. Like don't ever rent from Dylan Tanaka. Who is this Dylan guy? I know. I will stay away from him. But I hear Tio is great, so I'll rent Tio's place. And, like, you know, Jeff's great. His wife is super nice. I'll rent from from them. And then mm-hmm. Frank is amazing. I'll rent from him. But so it, it definitely, I would say, networking is, is a big part of what I do. Yeah, and it seems kind of like not necessarily a dream scenario for a landlord, but kind of a dream scenario from a landlord because – you're in the business of being in business as well. It's kind of like it's um, commercial space, you know? Yeah. Like you really want things to go well because it, you know, obviously it behooves you for everything to go well rather than a person who's just living there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not to knock on people, you know, who rent because I've rented at certain points in my life too. Um, But yeah, it just seems like, I don't know. It just seems, I don't, I don't know why people would tell you no. Now that you've at least established yourself, you know, people who don't understand. Right. Mm -hmm. And I will say like, Tio can attest to this. We have different issues. Like Tio's in Germany and I'm like, Hey, I pissed off your neighbor. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So I mean, there's different things that come up, but it's, it's not, I'm not, I don't know. I guess am I worse than your other tenants? No, I mean, I've had, I've had people, uh, I've had other Airbnb people ask to do it Mm -hmm. and I just, I didn't want to work with the people, right? It's like the tenant that you meet, and it's like, well, you, well I'm not supposed to say that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the same thing, right? Like you, we'll edit uh, that out. I feel uncomfortable yeah. with this situation. Edit it out. <laughs> um, but no, it's like you gotta you gotta be on the same page with people to mm. you know rent. Because I've had other people, you know, offer be like, hey, you know, I'll rent your place out and do an Airbnb out of it, and I'm like, no, like you just not the kind of person I want to, you know, work with. Yeah. And, oh, I feel uh, so special could, now. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, pers- personality has a lot to do yeah. with your marketing strategy also. Like you try to be humorous and you try to catch the eye and you then in, and <laughs> you succeed in being humorous, right? All right on. But yeah, personality has a lot to do with it. Yeah. But these other people who asked you, did you know them? Because like I knew you for several months before. Yeah, no, ever... no, I was like, yeah, like the way it worked out with me and Bria was just like, she was talking about getting a place, and I was like, "Hey, I got this place that's gonna be." Well, empty. rapport is huge. And yeah, rapport and relationship yeah. is huge because people want to do business. You know, it's a broken record. You've heard this so many times. People want to do business with other people that they know, they like, and they trust. And so, when that's a huge thing about networking, you know what I mean? Like, hence, hence the network. You know, yes. yeah. so don't forget that Jeff Ship tried to steal that house from me. Oh, <laughs> remember he jumped in and he was like, "I want that house." I'm like, "Get out of here! I saw it first. <laughs> Well, I mean, what what you're talking about here is isn't a true, really landlord-tenant type relationship. Really, it's them building a partnership, and it's yeah. coming from that relationship, mm-hmm. as opposed to everybody creates partnerships, but it's based on that rapport and then yeah. networking and knowing biggest, how she's going to re- take care of your property. Yeah, and the biggest thing is it's like a win-win for both of us, right? Because like the area where we did it, we didn't, there was no Airbnbs, there were no comps that we didn't know if it was going to work or not, right? So we, what we did was like, okay, I'll take some risk, you take some risk, and then if it works, it works, right? Um, a lot of the other people that approached me to do it, they're like, yeah, you pretty much just take all the risk. And, you know, mm-hmm. if it doesn't work, well, you know, we tried and I'm good and yeah. you're kind of shit out of luck, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so far we've been lucky though. It's been yeah. doing really well. Good. So yeah. Frank, um, being a CPA and you are focused on uh, business with investors, so I want I want to just hear your marketing strategy. Also, um, you know, I I see your name pop up a lot. I notice that you have a pretty heavy social media presence. There's um, another uh, investor network group that I'm a member of, but I'm not active on because I don't like them. Um, but I, I keep an eye on it to see what's going on, but your name pops up in there and there a lot. So being someone who kind of like services investors, what do you do, uh, to boost your own business? I mean, I think really just getting out meeting the different people around town. And, um, I think, I think there's a lot to be said about somebody that carries a rental property versus somebody that getting into investing. Uh, somebody, I see it often, owns one or two rental properties, fell into it for whatever reason. Grandma died, they started renting the, her house, and uh, there's some activity versus, I think within Metro Detroit, there's a large, strong network of groups and people, and uh, it's really getting that rapport where the two of you ended up meeting and building that rapport and realizing they're able to do business together and I think when Tio probably started, he didn't even think he'd be running it as an Airbnb. And a few years ago, nobody even knew about this. Yeah. So, and that's really the cool thing about real estate and inv- real estate investors always thinking outside the box of how they're going to do things. And it's that investor versus just that landlord that has has a few properties. But getting out there and just really starting to help people um, and work with people Anybody can do a tax return and put some numbers there. Yeah. And it's really getting to meet people, understand where they want to take their business. And uh, um, I've had clients from starting out all the way through the death process and uh, passing to the second generation. And 
understand i think a lot of people get into this through different means but mm -hmm. don't really look through how they're doing it and it's working with people and understanding where they're going so i just get out network with different people and try to help and offer assistance and uh, in that sense so yeah i think it's more relationship based yeah you have to be of a certain personality character type to you know to work in the type of field that you work in um so like do, <laughs> do you i don't know if that's good or <laughs> no no it's good it's good because i'm just I'm, I'm like picturing scenarios in my mind of like you know maybe really pushy fussy people who don't quite understand you know like how do you how do you deal with like the the headaches the pain the pain in the butt people that are out there like how do you keep your business with somebody who is just like a pain to do business with oh uh, i mean i think there's a variety of clients and some of them are some clients are pain some are trying to push some are don't know or they heard or a friend told them on facebook mm -hmm. and uh, usually i like to um, really work with clients and explain the whole process some and someone will ask me occasionally at a meetup event or something, how do I do this? I heard this on Facebook. Well, that might work for your friend and, you know, let's talk more. Well, I don't have time. Then it's probably not necessarily, you know, and I'll meet the person again. And, yeah. you know, but a lot of handholding. And I think really some handholding and working mm -hmm. with people on that. But um, ultimately, if it's somebody that's trying to push into something that's flat out wrong uh, I would just end up saying no uh, actually yeah. had a new opportunity and uh, this past year and took a look and actually said uh, wouldn't be able to do it had kind of referenced with some of the regulations and mm -hmm. the person didn't really need that information um, as, as so I don't know if it was just shopping for a CPA that would do what they want or okay. so sometimes you have to say no too I think all right, in so you hear estate, that everybody yeah. is a man of integrity. <laughs> Somebody trying to take advantage of him, right? Yeah, and I mean, honestly, uh, doing a tax return, really anybody can do a tax return. It's one of the most unregulated industries out there. I could uh, do my own tax return. Yeah, I don't or, know what I'm doing, but I could do it. Or somebody just yeah. can hang up a sign and apply for the IRS and in about three weeks be up and ready and have a business and say that they're a tax expert. So okay. uh, there's really no license or designation they eliminates you like you can't be a real estate agent without being a licensed real estate agent so mm -hmm. uh, but anybody can do a tax return electronically file your return for you so there's a lot of good advice bad advice and people hear podcasts with different information occasionally i'll hear some of the gurus told them to do this and well that doesn't really fly and they're not doing your tax return so uh -huh. You know, you run into that type of stuff. Yeah. Well, I was, I want to know if you have any questions, um, you know, for myself or, or Brie or Tio, because I was talking to your wife at the Rhea of Macomb this past Thursday. And um, she's just, you know, briefly sharing with me that you guys have like endeavors and plans to, to do some real estate investing yourself. Yeah. Um, so I, and maybe you've just got the whole like strategy on lockdown, but do you have any questions you know, for either of us who've acquired homes in the past of like, you know, maybe what avenues you should go down or anything like that, or you're just going to use a realtor. I mean, I used a realtor for my first, my first few deals. Yep. Uh, yeah. Right now, just kind of out looking and, you know, different. Uh, and I think the biggest thing is 
um, learning what you're comfortable with. I think there's Macomb, Oakland, Wayne County, there's city, there's not city, there's renting, flipping, wholesaling. There's, I mean, it almost can spin you in circles and it's really mm -hmm. finding where your comfort level is. And I think on the other side, I've really picked up a lot coming to the different groups, seeing some of the people that are down in the trenches with the horror stories and all the way up to the wins and successes. Uh, so I see a lot of things happening outside of traditional, larger, multifamily investor mm -hmm. that um, it, it, some some people that are, I've heard stories from the people dealing with squatters all the way up to the A-plus tenants. So yeah, um, I think really still fi trying to find that niche of where things fall into place. So Yeah, yep. And then there are different avenues where you don't even have to be hands-on. You can have more of a passive, um, not necessarily like backseat position to it, but you don't have to be, you know, the person doing the rehab. You don't have to be the landlord. You don't have to be the wholesaler. You could get into the investing side of investing. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like just <laughs> partnering, partnering with the people. Don't throw stuff at me, please. <laughs> partnering with people who actually want to do, you know what I mean? That type of stuff. Um, you know, and so I know that appeals to a lot of people too. And I think just probably, like you said, the best way to, to build this for yourself is to just, to just network. Because like I said, I did my first few deals with a realtor off the MLS and used, you know, bank financing. Um, not because I wasn't aware of another way. I just didn't really see myself ever having access to it, but it's just, it's really so easy to just access a real estate investor network. It oh, really yeah. is. Yeah, so so I think that's awesome. You could also back. I don't know when I when I got my first one too. I did it through the same way. Mm -hmm. And back then, you could make the numbers work, right? The way what um, homes cost and what you could get for rent that would that worked out, right? Now nowadays, it's you can't buy something off MLS <laughs> and rent it because it. it yeah. I mean, it's you're getting a return on investment, but it's like terrible. no. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So. right on. Yeah. So you've got, you've got like a head start on the game because oh, yeah. I think a lot of people get started with their first investment, you know, and they're not really finding a deal. They're just finding the best deal of the deals that aren't really deals. So, Oh yeah. And I see that. Mm -hmm. I see that all the time on the tax side, as I said, where somebody got into a rental property and it's just, they got into one or two, they lost, you know, and, uh, I think that's where a lot of the wholesalers are coming in and picking up some deals, you know, for that person mm -hmm. that it was just a miserable experience. And I think the whole wholesaler networks that are out there and there's a whole lot of opportunities um, here and uh, which is beyond what the re retail of what Tio is saying, mm -hmm. that's not really providing the returns these days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like for myself, when I do my own marketing, it's very small scale. So you said you were doing like a thousand to 2000 a week through through that service mm -hmm. um that's that's awesome um i do everything my my own self um which sounds incorrect but <laughs> i do everything myself and i do it on such a small scale that if i do a hundred mailers in a week mm -hmm. i've done a really great week because i'm trying to i've got like the uh the family life balance that i've got going on and um so i'm doing everything on a smaller scale which means I'm moving slower, but I'm still finding different things and I'm still building but relationships you're, you're with also people. Marketing to different people. 
right? Mm -hmm. Which is, that's really important because if you were only doing a hundred to absentee owners, mm -hmm. you would, right. It'd be like impossible, right? You're, right. you're marketing towards more of a niche market where yeah. you can do that and get results. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really important too. Yeah. And I, I do letters. I do letters. So I type a, I type a generic letter. I, at first what I did is I typed everybody's first name, like dear mm -hmm. Brian, dear Sarah. Um, but that just, that took way too long. And so you've got like all of these different word documents saved on a folder on your computer. So now I just do a generic letter and I sign it in blue ink. Um, and then, yeah. Have you ever heard of mail merge? Yes. Oh, okay. But I don't know how to use it. Okay. I can show you. <laughs> okay. That, that's that's like my favorite thing ever that's, too. We're going to have a mail merge party. Yeah. YouTube. <laughs> I'll make a, I can make a video about 15 minutes. Yeah. If not, uh -huh. I can make a video with, like I made the other one doing the okay. merge and walking yes. through it. But yeah, it's, that's Educate how I did us. my first, uh, that when I did my letters, that's what I used was mail merge to mm -hmm. speed that up. Did right. you learn that in college? No, I didn't learn anything. I was trying to find like some good that came out of your super expensive college. <laughs> I learned mine in college. So I was like, oh, well, at least that 40 grand was well spent because I can mail merge you now. You learned mail merge in college? Nice. Yeah, I use my degree for no. anything else. Um, yeah, sorry. No, no, that's good. Yeah, no. So just quick side note for, for those of you who are watching this in the group right now. Um, you can go to the sidebar and you can search for posts. And the reason why I'm saying this is uh, Tio made a video on it was finding absent was it absentee owners absentee owners yeah yep out of state so there are well, all absentees and you can filter out of state but yeah. yeah so aside from these podcasts and like everybody's random like um facebook live videos that we do we do actually have some other educational content in the group that you can search so if you go to the sidebar and you search posts and i'm i'm looking at this from like my laptop screen not my phone it's at the top on your phone yeah okay so it's like sidebar on your actual computer. If people use actual computers, I don't know. I do. Um, and you can just search for Tio's name and then whatever he's posted into the group will pop up. And so he's got like a, I don't know, four to seven minute video. I don't even know how long he spent on it. Maybe it's 35 minutes. I don't know. I watched I it. it short, well, yeah. I watched it to the point where I realized that I have to have my uh, real estate license for it first. And yeah. so I'm like, I will come back to this. I'll put a pin in it. So if you are a licensed investor, meaning you have your real estate license, he's got a video on there that teaches you how to, uh, basically you can create this list for free. It just takes a bit of effort. Yep. So yeah, it's just one of those things that like doing the thing is actually, is not that difficult. It's just trying to figure out how to do the thing that takes so much time, you know? So I just really appreciated when I posted into the group a couple of days ago, like, how do I do a FOIA? Cause somebody recommended that I do the freedom of information act for, you know, for the certain information. And I'm just like, I don't even, I don't even know how to do that. So yeah, if you could make a video on mail, mail merge. Okay. Yeah. I can that'd do be that. cool. But cool. the reason I was asking if you did letters was when I did letters, I bought a paper folding machine. Uh, -huh. whoa, so cool. It's You're the coolest so thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> like I bought it and I just sat there and like folded every single paper that was in the house. Cause it, it is sweet. That's <laughs> awesome. Just like put all the paper in and like spits them out folded. It is the greatest thing ever. Oh but, my yeah. God. Too. That's awesome. No, <laughs> that's just got so easy for you. We're going to buy you a stapler next year. <laughs> is there a paper stuffer also? <laughs> there are machines or envelope that do that. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> they fold I'm sure there stuff. are. They have this really cool one that puts holes, three holes along the side in your paper too. I got paper one of those too. I got, those too. <laughs> I got all the sweet contraptions. That's awesome. Yeah, the copy machine at the school where I used to teach would staple and three-hole punch 
I thought that was pretty cool, except it always jammed when you tried to do the stapler. The stapler always jammed, and then you're in the copy room swearing. But you're at an elementary school, so you gotta swear really quietly. Um, <laughs> so, so my my letters when I do them, I do a generic letter because I do not know how to mail merge. Um, and then I do a sticky note, like an obnoxiously bright colored sticky note. And then I just put the person's first name and then I write the same message on every single sticky note. It's not a personalized letter every time, but it's personalized. And so then they open it up and they see that sticky note of, you know, Brian, blah, blah, blah. You know, so this isn't just me stuffing and sending a bunch of generic letters. And then I handwrite, um, the address on the envelope and then I have a label and a stamp. And so I just do that over and over like ad nauseum throughout the day, mostly nap time. Um, or at two in the morning, two in the morning is a good time to get things done when you're a mom. It is, it is, you're exhausted the next day, but like you get stuff done. Um, so are you, so you're putting on mailing labels also? Yeah. Like a sticker, sticker okay. label. Mm-hmm. And that mail merge will be able to populate those labels also. For you. Yeah. And I actually just upgraded my printer. I had like a janky little printer and I was going to a facility and paying to have my stuff printed. Um, but I just upgraded to like a, a decent, a decent printer, um, that'll do my envelopes and all sorts of stuff for me. But I kind of want it to have that personal look. I don't want it to look so mass produced. Like I, I want people to think that this was it is it is a it is a letter sent specifically to them but i don't want it to get thrown out with a comcast ad you know what i mean or, or the city card ad or anything it. like that mm-hmm. handwrite it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i think the handwriting goes a long way mm-hmm. and you can totally tell between like handwritten font and actual handwriting handwritten right? font is lame like i just think that's lame like, yes, this is just a can. lame <laughs> yeah this is just you trying a little too hard i could never be a wholesaler to be I genuine straight line so, like, the first line's good, but then the bottom line's, like, <laughs> it's horrible. Well, so that, now that, I know wholesaling's out for me. Well, that's, like, the perfect way to do it. So, it's re- I let my second grader do this for you. <laughs> <laughs> what about, like, wedding invitation size? Now, would that get open mm-hmm. more than just a regular junk mail? Letter? Yeah, and that's, and that's why I was interested in uh, Tio's postcard because it's, you know, instead of just the standard letter, the postcard might be more interesting. Or I can trick people into thinking that it's my wedding. I could even get like the little labels with like the bride and groom, you know, little little image on them, and then it'll just be like, it surprise! I just want to buy your house. Put like an Nobody's IRS getting stamp made. on there. I'll get them to open it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's legal. But... I don't know if that's legal. I don't know. Somebody gave advice from his truck yesterday on how to do illegal USPS activities, um, but that's sanctioned here in the group. So I guess anything goes. But, uh, yeah, so my marketing is super, super small scale, but I still get a hold of people and I'm, I don't know, I, maybe part of it is just because I'm a little bit like jaded and cynical, but like I am building genuine relationships with people, but they also kind of like annoy me too at the same time because they want, you know, like when you are, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you get you know what I mean to you know you get to third base and you just don't you just want to be done you just I just want to be done with that relationship yeah so this is where we're going today this is where we're going today and this so, is also why I don't look off to the right either I know. <laughs> so we need said, something a little stronger in these cups here you said uh, you said you call them do you call do you use like some sort of dialer or do you just 
type it in and call. Yeah, I just, I got Google Voice on my phone, so I just call through that. Um, And uh, it's the same phone number on my business card. It's the only, like, separate line that I use. Um, And then I just, I will do two phone calls. And if it's, if it's, you know, two no's, then they just go. And, like, I have, like, a very, um, what's, what's the word? Very, uh, like not sophisticated binder system. It's just a bunch of three ring binders with like labels on the side. And so one, one binder says follow-ups. So they'll go in follow-ups and like inside the binder just has, you know, January through December tab. And I just stick them like, you know, I'll call you back in a month or two months. And so they just go in the, you know, two months from now okay. tab. And then yeah, two months like from now I'm calling those people. CRM. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know it's like a, and you know dinosaur age or something like I that the same thing i used the notebook at first mm-hmm. so I, it works right yeah i mean i'm taking all of my notes in a notebook i have a special 25 cent notebook you yeah, know what i mean that my husband and my children are not allowed to touch or color in but some of them do have like scribbles on the pages but um no and it's like you know and it it sounds so ingenuine but I'm building genuine relationships with people but at times they can be annoying because I will spend 45 minutes to an hour on the phone especially when I'm calling my probate properties um, because a lot of these people are older you know and they just have so many stories about all of these grandchildren that they want to tell you and so there's a there's a lead that I've been working with um, for the she's the one I'm working with the most this current week the last two weeks And, um, she's just got a lot to say every time I call her and I just, I, I genuinely want to care, you know, and and I do to a degree, but, um, you know, a little, a little bit of it is, you know, you're just on the phone, like, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, you know, and you're just, you're just trying to build that relationship and that rapport and, you know, so she's probably like a, a pretty hot lead then that you're spending well i hope so but i don't know because she well she has told me that she has like 30 other people who are prospecting her for this property too which is part of the reason why um you know like i posted yeah. that question to david sobel in the group the other day you yeah. know because she asked me she asked me a question i love this question well, you have probate. to share oh yeah yeah and i don't know if i, I want to put her on blast but i guess i already put it on blast in the group anyway but yeah no it's just but it's a, a legit question that people may ask it's it's kind of funny but yeah i know it's just she and her her siblings hate each other and she doesn't want to sell her deceased brother's property to either of her siblings or their descendants 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 until the end of time um and so she just wanted to, she, she was asking me, like, I, I don't know if she can write a clause in the purchase agreement that, um, states that, you know, whomever purchases the home is not allowed to sell the home to any, any relatives. So that, it, and I knew the answer was no, but I just wanted to hear it, you know, out of the mouth of a real estate attorney anyway, um, So I just thought that that was, I just thought it was so, so valuable that I could go into the Facebook group and ask that question. And what was really cool is he didn't type his response back to me. He gave me his phone number and he like Facebook messaged me his phone number and he's like, give me a call. And he talked it out with me on the phone. And that, that was just really cool to be able to hear him so eloquently tell me no, you know what I mean? Like he was no, but it was like a paragraph of, of legal jargon. No, you know, that I was able to take back to her with these 
probate properties. I mm-hmm. mean, you're saying if a family has these issues, you also run into who's on title and even running the title work. Yeah. I mean, you're going to run into those if mm-hmm. there's some title issues or family. And sometimes with these probates, if things were put on years ago that no one ever thought of. And as you're building that rapport with these people, but it's really as all these other people are marketing to her, it's that relationship that you're building with her, being able to get these things done for her, I think that'll help. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I don't know what sidebar conversations are going off to the side, <laughs> but I'm just going to go ahead and ignore that. Are we still good on time? Okay. All right. So, but, so what's your next step for marketing? Yeah. So I, 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 I don't know how to, um, if I'm going to continue to do it, uh, to do it myself, I think I'm just kind of like where I'm at right now. I think my next step for marketing is my children grow up and go to school. <laughs> I think that's it. And then I'll just have more time on my hands or, right, or I learn, I learn how to sleep, you know, just get, live on two hours of sleep a night. But no, the point I'm making is, um, even though I'm still doing stuff small scale and I only have you know, a set amount of time to, uh, designate to marketing in the week. I'm still talking to people. I still have leads. Um, I'm, st- I was still able to close a deal this year. Um, and I'm able to pursue different avenues. So I'm not just marketing to wholesaling. By the way, I don't know if I introduced that the whole thing that I was talking about was, uh, to wholesale property. Um, but I'm also pursuing rental properties as well. And so that was the, you know, the whole FOIA thing was, you know, how do I find a list of distressed landlords or people who are, you know, motivated to sell me their properties and things like that. So, so my focus, you know, cause people say like, you know, don't, don't focus on like so many different things, just focus on one thing. My focus right now is, is really on marketing, which is why I wanted to have this conversation with you guys in the first place, because I do want to know, like, how can I do more with what I have right now? Like, you know, the time and the capital and, and whatever. And, um, and then just also like, uh, you know, I'm, cause I'm open to whatever comes along. Somebody wants to partner and do a fix and flip or, you know, do, do some sort of, I can pick up a rental property or if I can do a wholesale deal, that's fine. I've done all three, so I'm comfortable with all three. So I just, I need to narrow my focus on like, how can I expand my marketing? How can I, you know, touch and talk to, you know what I mean? More, more leads and things like that. Um, with the limited amount of time that I have. So, so you kept saying time. Um, yeah. And I think everyone says that, right. But have you ever tried, have you ever written down like for a whole week, every single thing you do? And then like sat down and like audited all the times that you like waste time. Have you ever uh, done that? I don't know if I want to come to that level of accountability well, and self reflection. No, it is. It is aware of self accountability. Yeah. Because I I did the same thing and everyone's like, oh, I don't have time. I don't have time. But then like when you sit down and like you pick up your phone and you sit on Facebook for like an hour and then on Instagram for like two hours and then mm-hmm. right play stupid games or watch Netflix or, you know, all that stuff. And then you look at it and it's like, holy crap, it's like, I'm doing this for like five hours a day. And that could be five hours where I'm making cold calls where I'm, you know, building a list where I'm making money, you know, Mm -hmm. like actually moving forward. So I'd say try doing that. No, that is a great idea. Because I've I've done that for myself and I've realized that you waste a lot of time doing well, like we have we have done things. that my husband and I with our budget um when we were first married we sat down and we wrote down 
we tried to do it for a month. I think we were consistent for about two weeks. Yeah. Um, but we wrote down everything that we were spending and there was just a lot of over expenditure on stupid stuff. Yeah. And so we really honed it. We really honed it in because that was when we were first married, we were renting an apartment and we were trying to save for yeah. our first home. Yeah. And so... Thanks yeah, a lot, just Blair. my husband's pointing at me from across the room now. Sorry, yeah, we don't talk about the B word in our house. Sorry, but budget's oh. a bad word. <laughs> budget is budget is budget. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but all that savings could be put down, put toward a down payment on a new property on your next now you're Airbnb. Just talking sense here, yeah. <laughs> right? Right, but back. I mean, a hundred days back. of Starbucks, ten bucks a day. You know, oh yeah, like I, it's like three ninety five. All right, yeah. that was one of the first things to well, go. Though are you going to Starbucks in two thousand three? I know. <laughs> no, that was one of the first things to go because I had a commute when I was teaching. I I had a commute and we didn't have a coffee pot, so I would go to Starbucks every single morning, five mornings a week. That's twenty five dollars a week. Um, and you can just buy a coffee pot for $25. And your kids are still young enough, but you'll find that they get to the stage where you can't order yourself something and mm-hmm. not give the vultures in the back seat something. Yeah. So my three ninety five coffee plus their stuff turns into like $10. It, it actually works pretty easy if you tell them no. See, like my, my, wife, <laughs> and I, my wife and I used to go to Starbucks. Now I just get one and she does without. That's <laughs> <laughs> That's not where I saw that going. That's not where- no, actually, I asked her if she wanted a coffee the other day. She said no. I said, well, what if I had a coupon? Buy one, get one free. She said, okay, sure. We went there, and I went to go pay, and she said, I thought you had a coupon. I said, no. I just said, what if I it had just one? Was and next week, we'll have Mrs. Alcini to talk about what to do with your money after a divorce. <laughs> but, but see, I was able to treat Yikes. my wife to a coffee. There you go. <laughs> right on. No, but I think that I think that is really good advice because I think that that's probably one of my main complaints is time blocking. Um, and just because my time blocking in my general day is inconsistent too, because there's, you know, two huge variables in my life and their name are Jack and Ben. And so, you know, it doesn't always go according to plan. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm seeing that we are getting the wrap it up signal. So we're going to close it up today. You've been listening to the Michigan real estate investor network podcast. Let's call it the network. To subscribe to the show, go to www.michiganreinetwork.com where you can have the show sent right to your inbox. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. If you'd like to be on a future show, there's a link on the site to submit your info. The network is 100% focused on the Michigan real estate investing community. Whether you're brand new or a grizzled vet, we want you to be a part and share the love.